Hello there, my name is Moe with my co-host Corey. We are The Real Guys and this is The Real Show with two ears. Let's run down to the White House because today we are reviewing In The Loop. As always, I'm accompanied by my co-host Corey. How are you doing today, Corey? I'm doing very well, thank you. And as always, you can watch us on our video version. You can listen to us on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, podcast, anywhere you get your podcast, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts. We're there. You can listen to us. Corey, yes. you've never seen this film before. You don't know anything about nope. the th- common U- British drama, The Thick of It. Correct. You've never s- heard of it. You've never watched The Loop or anything. This is your first exposure to this. Mm-hmm. I love you for this, Corey. Okay. Because often I'll know about something. Yep. And I'll think, what would Corey react to this? Mm-hmm. And I send it to you, Corey, and you come back and you say, never seen it before. Yep. So I've got, oh, well, all right, give it a watch then. So I always get your f- fresh thoughts. I'm always very excited. We've not talked about this at all, pre-recording. So it'll be nice to get your first-time thoughts. That is true. What did you think when you finished this film? Uh, in all fairness, I, I think the main thing and the main takeaway, um, which we pretty much just mentioned off-camera mm-hmm. um, before starting for us, was the fact that you asked me if I've taken any notes for this film, as I normally do, I try and take notes. Yeah, you've got, you've got, you've got a big notebook. I do. It's uh, down here, currently. Here it is. Mm-hmm. But it's got no notes in it. It's a brown notebook, people. It's a brown leather notebook with um, sort of beige pages. Correct. It's bound up with a nice it little is. string, yep. and it has no notes on it in nope. the loop. Because I was too distracted by Peter Capaldi's use of language in this film. His flowery language. Um, and I was just sat there watching this for one hour, 40 minutes. Yes, you were distru- so distracted. Including the credits. You did watch the, you watched the credits? Yes. Me too. Yes. Uh, if there's something going on in the background with credits, I will watch the credits. You will watch credits. it. You will sit through. Yeah, me too as well. And I'm you glad. don't want to miss anything. And I'm glad. Because mm. right at the end of the credits, as the credits roll away, you get insulted. Yes. Because <laughs> of course you do. Which is perfect. Yes. Which is absolutely perfect. And the insult as well is, is quality. Yes. As is every line that Peter Capaldi says in this film. He's the star of the film, isn't he? He's beautiful. It's... It's not in most, not in a lot of it. Mm. He takes a break round about the end of the first act. Yeah, he does. But he comes in later when they arrive in America, and it's yep. absolutely perfect. He's Malcolm. Malcolm Tucker is one of those famous British characters I'm surprised you didn't know about before mm. now. He's one of the famous British characters, an angry Scotsman. Yeah. Who's really angry at everyone else's incompetence, and he comes in and gives him a verbal a verbal beating. Yes. Um, but no, but the only way I can fully describe this is this film just pretty much just goes at ninety miles per hour and, and it just doesn't stop. Yeah, just yeah. it just goes and go and just yeah, it just keeps going. It does. This two thousand and nine mm-hmm. film of uh, British cabinet minister Simon Foster says that he delivers an off the cuff remark that yep. war is unf- war in the Middle East is unforeseeable. Yes, and then it causes a profane. Uh, profane political spin doctor Mike, uh, Malcolm Tucker, played by Peter Capaldi, tries to cover it up, his faux pas, yep. when um, the comment is picked on by uh, several American officials as to say why they should invade the Middle East. What I like to imagine is what happened if Malcolm Tucker went to his office and just mm. picked a different like cassette tape. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, yeah. I didn't hear. Didn't hear it. Pick something else instead. This this film is, I think that, well, I hope that you enjoyed this film, Corey, because mm-hmm. I really did. Mm-hmm. This, as I said, it was 100 miles an hour, 100% of the time. It throws you in with Malcolm Tucker. It throws you in with Simon Foster, who's played by Tom Hollander, who is great. 
and uh, Toby, who is the new intern at the office, uh-huh. it, it puts the puts you all in with them, and it, it's like it's almost like it's that sort of, like kind of documentary real world personal yes. drama. Let's say personal drama of events are happening, international events, and you're kind of just along for the ride. You're kind of just along for the ride, watching as this, this fly is, on the wall. This is weirdly shot like a documentary. Yes, you, I, you, I, I hope you noticed that. Because there's certain parts where, like, some character will walk in that you've never seen before, mm. and it will, like, in the corner, it will flash their name, and it will tell you, like, their position. Yeah. Like, who they are. Like, a little, boop, that's who they are. Mm. Like, a little towel card. It is very much almost like we're just walking around. Especially, again, because at the end of the film... You're getting small. The the camera person or whoever gets insulted. Mm-hmm. So it's very much like they're they're kind of aware. It's almost like the office, the British office. Yeah, it is kind of like the British office as well. Yeah. Where it's like, uh, it feels like there's a camera crew there, but they kind of get acknowledged, but also don't get acknowledged. And it's like it's just a weird thing, but it works. It does um, work. But yeah, no, this film doesn't. When you think it stops and when you think it, you get a break, like when they go to America. Yes. And you're yes. like, right, okay. Malcolm's obviously is in, is in England. Hmm. Nice little break. He just storms through a door. Because I'm everywhere. I'm the egg man. <laughs> it's, <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's like, God's sake, man. It's like. My favourite bit in the whole film. <laughs> It is, okay. It's obviously with Malcolm. It's not okay. It's, okay, it's not what my favorite part of the whole film. Okay, is right. I'll, you tell me yours after this. Okay. Favorite part is the whole film where he's on cap, he's on a Capitol Hill mm-hmm. and he's heading towards the White House and he's been told where the meeting where this elusive war committee meeting is. Yep. Right. Judy says, "Oh, it's on the seventh floor of the State Department building." Yep. And he and he runs out of that interview with that with that uh, guy. Yeah. Who's like um, twenty two years old and he thinks he's a child. Yes. And Malcolm goes out and he's running down Capitol Hill. And he's swearing into the phone because Judy hangs up on it. Yeah, but I know where you're going. And that random guy turns around and says, hey, less of the curse words, buddy. Yeah. And then Malcolm responds his response and then says nothing else and just turns and runs away. Yep. He just just says that line and he just goes, he just turns and starts bolting as fast as he can. And I was in absolute stitches at that. Uh, That part is up there. Okay, what's your favorite? And that part did make me lose it. Yeah. The part that, for some reason, for me, I just found was hilarious. Is it with Malcolm? No. Okay, okay. No. It's with this guy you see twice. Mm. Um, what's it? Let's see if I can find him. What's his name? I'll try and get on the cast list. Is it, oh, is it, is it Peter? It's the guy with a wall. Is the guy it, with the wall? The guy who's like, oh, if there's a wall, it's going to fall down. It's going to crush my oh, name. Oh, I see. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, Steve Coogan. Yeah. Coogan's character. Is it Peter? I've got it in my head. No, it's Paul. It's That's Paul. it. Um, there's a certain part where Toby's like, oh, can she use a hose? And he just goes, she's got a watering can. <laughs> For some reason, it made me lose it. <laughs> I remember that. I remember Steve Coogan has this tiny, like almost cameo role yeah. as, this, as this constituent who is annoyed about the constituency wall falling down. And he says, you've got a greenhouse. It's going to crush her yeah. if she falls in. And she... It's gonna crush you. You're my seventy-year-old. You're six. She says, "What?" He says, "I'm sixty. You're not sixty. You're seventy. Because I can't, if I'm on the, if I'm gonna be on the newspaper, I'm gonna be sixty years old." Yeah. And then he goes, "Well, can't you use, can't you use a hose to, to do this? She's got a watering can." I don't know why, but part of it made me lose it. It's this guy who you literally never see pretty much. You never again. see again after this. You see him once right at the end. Yeah. Because the wall falls over. Mm. Um. Which weirdly, it's it's one of those sort of things where like he turns up, 
you think it's some weird, just obscure thing. The wall gets somewhat dealt with, mm-hmm. and then at the end, it becomes a pivotal point, and that's why one of the main characters gets fired. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, that's an important thing now. Because they flame him for the wall and not Correct. the international incident, which is his way of you yes. know getting out of it. Yes. Right. Well, there's another character in this that I can just mention slightly. Um, do you know um, the character actor Alex McQueen? Mm-hmm. who played the um, UN ambassador, the British UN ambassador. Yep. There's a there's a theory that goes round okay. that Alex McQueen's role in this, uh, in in Peep Show, and in The Inbetweeners is all the same character. Okay. And that these are all the same universe, effectively. Peep Show, uh, The Inbetweeners, and, the, and the, In the Thick of It, or In the Loop, is all the same universe. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's, all the, it's all the same, basically. So you know the foreman of the of the jury that that um, Jeremy is in in Peep Show is the same character who is the ambassador to the U- is the ambassador to the UN who is the same character as um, you know Kevin from the Inbetweeners. Yep. Okay. Which I think is quite funny, but that's just the thing because they act the same. The reason why the reason basically the basis of this theory is they act the same in every single film. Right. So. That's why. Yep. And I think also I think he's in odd. Uh, I think he's in outnumbered as well. And it's the same character there as well. <laughs> he's a door-to-door salesman. Yeah. So the door-to-door salesman becomes a foreman for a jury, becomes the ambassador to the UN. You know. Yeah. But no, Peter Capaldi and Tom Holland are really pulling out their best work in this. I feel like Tom Holland just has this kind of polit- politician-like demeanor. Yep. Like maybe it's because you know he's quite famous for. Um, He's quite famous for his portrayal of politicians, mm-hmm. but it's as well as um, his stuff like um, his stuff like how he sits in the car, how he sits in the car, and he's talking about resigning to Judy, yep. and he says, "Oh, can we, can we and you get a car, Toby?" And, to- and Toby's like, "Why? Do you want to talk about resigning?" And yes, he goes, "I don't want to talk about resigning with Judy there. You know, I'm talking about resigning with you instead." You yeah, know? which I just, which I just think is great, and I'm a big fan of you know Tom Hollander anyway. But, uh, again, it's one of those films where I'm like, I don't, you just don't fully know how you can describe it. Mm. It's like, how do you describe it? It's just a weird, like, it's one of those things where, okay, well, well, well what are they? Well, okay, they're politicians. I said, like, okay, yeah. right, what's going on? Where's a war going on? <laughs> There's a war about to go war on. War about to go on, yes. Um, and it's how all these different politicians slash a guy that's like in charge or whatever of the army who's using a kid's calculator at one point. <laughs> the guy from... Um, do you recognise that man? No, kind There's of. Tony Soprano. Not seen it. Oh, you've not seen what? You've not seen The Sopranos? No. To know that Tony Soprano is in this film no. as General George Miller. Come, oh, come on, come on, Corey. You tell, tell me you've never seen The Sopranos. No, I've not seen it. Oh, yeah, good old James Gandolfini. That's Tony. That's Tony Soprano, don't you know? Yeah. Um, but it's just one of those weird things. To just, it's one of those weird films to describe, where there's so much going on, and it's so, it's so somewhat complicated, but also to the point where the, what's going on doesn't fully like you can miss bits. And it's fine mm. because you're not going to be able to keep up with everything. It's almost stage like if you don't, if you're not familiar with the format of yeah. the thick, in the thick of it show, yeah. it's basically like this. Yeah, like this is like an extended pilot for in the thick of it, basically, yeah. where the film doesn't have sorry, the series doesn't have um, Simon Foster in it. It's basically around Malcolm Tucker and Toby, 
and um, Susie as well, his mm-hmm. girlfriend that kicks him out. Yep. It's basically based around those three and their sort of political careers, which yep. is quite a funny. Yeah, this is, if this is anything advertised for watching in the thick of it as well, it's, it's, it's really, really great. It's a great series. I've seen bits of it. Um, only strangely enough, I found out yesterday, only 22 episodes. I thought it had more. Oh. Since it ran from about 2005 to 2012. So yeah. I don't know, maybe short seasons. But Yeah, possibly. But no, it's 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 a it's a really great series, and I think anyone should you know watch it. Basically, if you basically if you enjoy, um, if you enjoy in the loop, you're going to enjoy in the thick of it as well because it's the same format effectively. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. That makes sense. But there's just so much that happens in this film because I'm also there's so many different type of jokes or comedy bits or sketches where it's like. Again, there's so many that it's like, which ones do we mention now on the show and which ones do we just kind of leave mm. for, for people just to hear? Obviously, some of them uh, we can't tell people about on the show. Yeah, yeah. Because of most the, of it, most of it, yeah. Because of the uh, language mm. uh, being shouted at by a language Scotsman. Uh, actually, two angry Scottish men because yeah, like a, halfway through a second one comes in. Who's even more angrier. Yeah. It seems who's even more angrier. Than... <laughs> it's just like... Maybe this is the portrayal of how, of how people in England see the Scottish. Yes. Because like as soon as you kind of get right, okay, mm. we're used to Malcolm now. There's just this other... Malcolm leaves and this, in his place it's this other angry Scottish man yes. who's somehow worse. And you're like, oh, fuck, you're like, oh God. There's another one, and it just keeps going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's like so some of the jokes we can't go into, but it's overall as far as the film goes, it's very funny. Now, granted, is yes. it going to be everyone's cup of tea? Probably not. Mm. Um, I do. It almost gives off a right. You're either going to really, really enjoy this, or you're not going to be able to stick with it. Um, thankfully. I quite like this kind of comedy. It doesn't bother me at all. No, yeah. In fact, this kind of comedy is very funny to me. Yes. I think this is one of my favourite styles of comedy. Yeah. Almost this kind of political... It's almost like a satire. Yeah. Like it's political satire, drama. I think it's incredibly funny. Um, whatever. There's just so much that goes on. And it's so... It's so... Somewhat well-written. And... It's I was going well, yes, to say it's well shot, but it doesn't look well shot. But that's kind of yes. a whole point. Like you said, it's very much... It very much looks run and gun, like someone is. Just, it. Yeah, yeah. I like to imagine that, like in the scene you mentioned, where Malcolm chatting on the phone and runs away. Yeah. I like to imagine that there's just some poor camera person who just has to chase him. Have to chase him. Yeah, yeah. Effectively, <laughs> when you see the shots of him running into the building and running around, and even the shots of when you first see Malcolm come around the corner towards the, uh, the, the Home Office building. Yeah. He says to that guy on the phone. Um, do you want to get rid of this quote he said, or do you want me to leak the fact that I've uh, that I've seen you with this other woman at this party when you're married? Yes. You know, in relation on the new baby, yep. that kind of thing. <laughs> and the camera kind of stops and zooms and focuses in, and it is very dr- documentary kind of shot yep. of how they call up this sort of war from happening by this um, paper that Lucy uh, is it Izzy Wells or Lucy Wells, something like that. Uh, um, yes, Prit Pit. Yep. Prip Pip, whatever mm. it's called. And people make, keep making jokes about what Prip Pip sounds like. Yep. But Prip Pip is a, a paper which says the benefits and, and, and negatives of war or something like that. Yeah. And it's being used by people as like a bargaining chip on a, on a reason to kind of stop or start the war. 
Yeah. Did you get? Did you get that part of it? Kind of. Again, like I said, about halfway through this film, I kind of went right. I'm going to stop trying to keep up with everything mm-hmm. and just watch it because it does get to a point where it's so hectic. And like people are leaking things, people are deleting things, people are trying to fix things, people are running around the whole place. There's like there's a uh, scene at the end where like you go into the war meeting and everyone just turns up mm. instead of moving to different rooms. Mm. Um, and there's so much going on where it's like right, okay, I'm gonna try and keep up with it as much as I can. But if I miss any of the story, it's fine. There's another subtle joke in this where there's actually a lot. There's quite a lot of subtle ones. One of my favourite ones is when they arrive to the airport mm-hmm. and they get a motorcade car. And Simon Foster gets a motorcade car. Also, he's like a... The best thing is, he has a tiny position in the, in the British government. Yep. Because he says this one thing, it's all blown up, yep. basically. <laughs> also, climb the mountain of conflict is a great, is a great uh, quote as well. And the fact that the general has... Well, not the general, but the guy from the State Department has it on his wall. Yep. And they're printing out font... Papers of it, you know, climb the mountain of conflict. But when they arrive in the US, he said, they're greeted by a guy who has a sign that says, he even brings it up, says, Simon Forrester, England yeah. government. Yeah. And then he says, I'm Simon Foster, and it's British government. I thought that was funny because that speaks to, you know, the Americans just don't really care. Yeah. And they're kind of using this guy as, what do you say, room meat or whatever, room yes. meat. He's just a guy in the room, yeah. and no one really cares. He's not really important, but he's, he's room meat. The other, um, the other kind of joke that's somewhat... Uh, I guess one of the other jokes that I guess stands out, it's kind of it's somewhat funny. It's like, again, going back to Alex McQueen again. Because um, uh, <laughs> there's a whole scene where Malcolm's like, right, okay, I'm going to need you to, mm. to, to push it back. And he's like, I can't do that. I was like, I'll explain why I can't do that, but I need to push it back. And it's like, it cuts to him walking in his room really awkwardly going, ah, uh, yes. Mm. Uh, let's see if I can do, like, do a cheeky cheeky pre-vote. Then yes. it, uh, eventually you get back to it. He's like, ah, I've got good news. I've pushed it back an hour and a half. Yeah. And he goes, I need to delay it some more. And he's like, I can't do that. And he just cuts to him again, just awkwardly walking back yeah, in the room. Yeah. I mean, um, excuse me, about this vote, <laughs> yeah. you must, hmm, yes. And it's like, okay, I guess either Malcolm has his power or people just don't like him. And we're like, right, you know what? I can't be bothered. I'm going to do what you say. Um... Because you see it with the general as well, where he's like, he's like, oh yes, um, I is I like to to maim people mentally. Yeah. Um, he's more and the general just kind of stares at him and like a weird like. Uh, almost. Like the general was the only guy to kind of resist the power of Malcolm Tucker. Yeah. And I've I've come up with a couple of new. Uh, I've done some some little googling while you were speaking. Okay. And I found a time a running timeline for the thick of it in the loop. Okay. Basically, the thick of it in the loop takes place between series three and four. Mm-hmm. However, it turns out that aside from Malcolm, all the actors are playing different characters. Right. So it's kind of like a spin, a kind of like a solo spin-off. Yeah. Just with Malcolm, I think. Yeah. And it says here that the two entities aren't related at all, but whether you should watch both or not, you should. Right. So if you basically, if you do like in the loop, you will like the thick of it. Yes. And vice versa. Yes. That makes sense. Mm. That does make and, sense. you know, shout out to Armando Ian. I'm trying to push his name. Armando Iannucci. Armando Iannucci. Okay. Shout out to you, yep. the director of this film. Uh, great writing. Uh, great films. Uh, satire. It's, um, you know, it, it was 
at, at the time, it kind of came out to a to a bit of an uh, here and there reception. Mm. But I feel like uh, overall, it's kind of regarded now as one of these kind of very very sort of British staples. Yeah. Right. And also, it's behind someone who I quite I'm a big fan of, Jesse Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with, with who Jesse Armstrong is? Uh, yes, I know the name. Jesse Armstrong is one of the writer and co-creator of the Channel Four series Peep Show, mm-hmm. which I love, and also the writer and co-creator of the drama series Succession. So basically, he's kind of like my Jesus. Okay. Effectively, I love his work. Um, he did it. He did. The thick of it, he did in the loop, and he did these two. Basically, he is the master of kind of like that British satire comedy, very or very um, as an as a sort of author and sort of an author style. I feel like Jesse Armstrong is 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 really uh, amazing. Hmm. I'm trying to go through the um, mm. the quotes and see if there's any quotes that I can I can repeat. Um. Oh, it's a funny, funny bit. The bit you're on about, with, again, with him running off, yeah. uh, is on the quote page. I can't fully repeat it. No. But it's got... It's got Malcolm's line. Yes. So it's mm, hung up. Yes. And then it goes on a rant. And the guy goes, hey, buddy, enough for the curse words. And then Malcolm replies. And then just in, like, square brackets, it says yeah. he runs into the distance. He runs into the distance. That's perfect. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, it has got to be some quote. Oh, yes. I forgot. There's a bit where the other Scottish man beats up a fax machine. He does. He kicks. But he doesn't need to kick the fax machine. The fax no, because his email. Just, uh, yeah, it was an email. But the fax machine was just, you know, an example, yes. right? Jesse Armstrong explains of his writing process. Um, it's exactly the same format used in the thick of it. Armando holds it together in the middle. Simon Blackwell, Tony Roche and I meet him and then come up with the storyline. Mm-hmm. Us, us three go away and do the storyline, then send it to Armando to be okayed and do the initial drafts. Then Ian Martin does additional material and rewrites as well. So it's a five-man team, but all broken down into different compartments. It never feels unwieldy. Once we had the storyline mapped out with Armando, each of us took an act each. If you think of it as a three-act movie... I had the first crack at the first act, Simon went out the second act, and Tony at the third. We looked at them all, Armando gave us notes, and we did another rewrite and passed them around. It's not like one person does the plot, one does the jokes, and one does the politics, but we all have our different strengths. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But it, the one thing, but one of the main things that I like about this, and again, it's kind of, uh, I guess, a British comedy thing, an old British comedy thing, it does feel like yeah. Less. If it was more like people going right, it's almost like you've got a, a, a group of friends. You've all gone right. Let's just make a thing. Mm. Let's just, just do what we're good at. If you I mean, if you're better at writing, we if you're better at whatever, we never see the prime minister. We never see the nope. president. Nope. It's like the emperor in Star Wars in A New yep. Hope. They never. We never see the emperor in Star Wars. They just talk about it. Yep. Even in Andor. But uh, yeah, it has it has a feeling but of like they deal with the mainly the sort of the State Department, yeah. Home Office underlings. People who kind of make the decisions that have a normal political consequence, but are never ahead of state. Yes. Which I think is incredibly good as well, because it's like the little guy, and I love that sort of grunt work feeling of it. Um, but yeah, it just feels like you've got a couple of friends who have met up and gone, let's go do a thing. Like I said, it kind of has a feeling of your face, it's or... Some, yeah, it's sort of guerrilla some, filming. Or yeah. something like the Mighty Boosh, where it's just kind of like, there's two people who have gone, right, okay, let's just, let's just make a thing, and we'll run with it. Mm. Um, and it's great. You also have the... But somewhat jokes of again. I'm back on the quotes thing again. Of a guy who is supposedly the assailant, who's given him all the information, mm. and no one knows if he's real or not. 
Ice Man. It's called Iceman. Mm. And it's like, out of all the nicknames, Iceman. Mm. And then they change it, don't they? They change it to um, Danusia or something like that. One of the names on the yeah. classical music. Yeah. But no, it's such a weird thing to explain, but it's it's really good mm. if you like that kind of mid to mid late two thousands comedy, that kind of thing. It was filmed in uh, December two thousand eight, mm-hmm. during the hiatus between the thick of its second series, which aired in the autumn of two thousand five, and the third one, which aired in autumn of two thousand nine, after the release of In the Loop. Yep. It was shot on location on London and DC, obviously. Yep. Um, and, the, and the, as, you, as we mentioned, the filming style is highly similar to the thick of it. That's why I probably like both. Yes. The similarities are everywhere, down to the docu-style, handheld camera work, evident on the monitors. It's the same director of photography. And sort of the anti-West Wing production design that eliminates all notion of political glamour. Yep. You know, it's all very gritty and down in, the, you know, down in the trenches of the political intrigue and all that. Uh, and that makes it bump. Yes. So in the filming, the director, Armando Iannucci himself, mentioned progress on that film in several columns for the Observer newspaper. He says, In the film I was finishing, we featured a motorcade. We had some police standing by to add authenticity. We started rolling, but could never get up to a decent speed because of the traffic lights at each block. Then one of the police leant into the car and said, Do you want me to turn my siren on? That'll let us through all the red lights. It worked, so it was quite <laughs> exciting. But no, it's such... It's just such a... a, a a, a weird but interesting film mm. but again like I say just goes at 100 miles per hour yes very very fast pace doesn't yeah. stop um, and just feels like a weird like passion project it was very indeed it was premiered at the Sundance Film Festival yep and it got uh, film, five stars from Damon Weiss who's a writer for the Times and it was very, very well received. It got a 94% approval rating on Rotten, Tom- on Rotten Tomatoes, so good for them, uh, based on 177 reviews. And it has a score of 83 out of 100 on Metacritic, Yep. which is great. And it was, a, it was nominated for an Oscar for Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay in 2010. There we go. So congratulations in the loop. Really, really well done. Yes. What would we give it for a real rating? Now, this has been very heavily... Debated. Mm. We thought about this. I mentioned in our last episode, our Easter episode, which you will remember as one for the Whiplash. We did Whiplash as Easter episode. The reason why we're doing this episode is, of course, because Peter Capaldi's birthday is uh, on the fifteenth. On sorry, on the fourteenth. Sorry, which is the Friday before this. Um, yesterday, Friday before this episode comes yep. out. So happy birthday, Peter. Yes, happy late birthday. Hope, hope happy. Yep, happy belated birthday. Just today. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're enjoying your. Uh, your birthday. How old? How old? How old are you going to be? Hold on. <laughs> Wonder, can you guess? Do you know how old he is? Uh, Don't be too generous. 62. No, he's going to be 65. Oh, okay. Happy birthday, Peter. Don't look a day. Don't look a day over 50. Mm. Our rating for the. Our rating for In the Loop. Yep. I want you to go first. I am going to give it a. Oh, what do I give? Ooh, is that too harsh, though? I'm torn. Right. I'm torn between someone that maybe too low, but also maybe too high. I am going to give it a 8.5. 
an eight point five. Yeah. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna go right up there. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go nine. See, I was thinking nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, it's not quite a nine for me. Um, what keeps it back? I, I, to be honest, I don't know. It's just I. I feel like maybe maybe at some points it's not a bit too much, but maybe it needs to be almost refined a, a bit. You want a slow moment. You want a refined moment because this is literally like three episodes of the thick of it put onto each other yeah. almost. It's all the same people, all the same team. It's got exactly the same style. Yeah. All the actors are there, though. They're playing different roles. You know, all the actors are there, apart from Malcolm Tucker, who's the same role, obviously, because you can't. You can never replace. You know. Yep. There's that very famous scene where he describes Star Wars by saying, "You know, what's that? What's that film that you love?" Yeah. The one, you know, he's got a hairdresser. He's a space hairdresser. You know, he's got a tinfoil pal on the pedal bin. Lego. They're all made of Lego. Yeah. And he goes Star Wars, and he goes that's the one. See, we're gonna, we're, g- we're, g- we're gonna fly down the thing, and we're gonna blow up the Death Star thing, and then you can go live happily on the planet of the teddy bears. <laughs> oh, it's great. That is some of the gross. There's compilations on YouTube of all of Malcolm Tucker's almost lines, right? And each one is an absolute. Yeah. I don't sound like the kids, but a banger. Yes. Every Malcolm Tucker line is is an absolute banger. But I'm sure with the with the real rating, mm-hmm. you're wondering what my uh, weekly wreck will be. Right? Yes, it's your turn this week. Now you know Peter Capaldi. Correct. Fan of fan of many things. Fan of Doctor Who. Correct. Not only has he been the twelfth Doctor, not only did he um, not only did he star in an episode of Doctor Who that had David Tennant in it. He was in the Fires of Pompeii. Yeah, Is that he was. true? Yeah. Yes. He was the twelfth Doctor himself, but he was also in another Doctor Who project. Okay. He was in Torchwood. Mm. Do you remember this? No. He was in Torchwood as John Fro- as John Frobisher. Okay. Who is strangely enough the Home Office Secretary. <laughs> so he's playing another government okay. role there. Uh huh. And he is in the special called uh, Children of Earth. If you know about that Torchwood uh, TV special. Yes. So I'm going to re- I'm, re- I'm going to recommend Children of Earth Day One, which is the first episode of that arc. Uh, it's a five-episode arc, and he plays John Frobisher, who is the secretary to the Home Office, and um, Torchwood liaison to the British government. And yeah, he plays a Scottish man in British government, just like Malcolm Tucker. Doesn't swear as much, obviously, but he communicates with uh, the alien with the aliens who come down to Earth and are trying to steal um, the Earth's children. So it's uh, but the alien called the Four Five Six, who are like this sort of three-headed. Uh, kind of thing that floats, yep. floaty alien squid, massive alien squid race. Uh, yeah, it's a great episode, very full of tension. It's it's great Doctor Who work. This, so I'm gonna recommend um, Children of the Torture episode, Children of Earth, Day One. Nice. And I'm gonna give it a six out of ten okay. reels. Okay. Because not because I don't rate Torture that much. I just feel like I don't know. Maybe it's aged a bit. I'm not sure. I did watch the episode recently. So. Yeah. Right, you know, Peter Capaldi always good. He's one of the people that, no matter what he's in, Peter Capaldi is always the standout man. Correct. And of course, I, I'm a big fan of Tom Hollander as well. So I'm gonna say, and and he does really great in the loop, playing Simon Foster. So hey, there we go. This is this is a lot of brings a lot of good cast, a lot of great British comedy, and it's on the level of that of uh, of great British staples like Peep Show. Have you ever watched Peep Show? I've seen clips of Peep Show. Would you watch it for this? Uh, it depends how much of it there is. Not all nine series, of course. That's what I meant, yeah. I think six series, but, but you know. 
I've seen all of Peep Show. I, 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 I binged it. And I don't often binge, but it is a very bingeable show because, you know, it's half an hour chunks and each one is yeah. written very well. So, hey, maybe if we ever come around, so if it's ever David Mitchell or Robert Webb's birthday, then we can we can watch a bit of Peep Show and review that, hey? That is true. And we don't often review shows here, not unless both of us have seen the entire thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Very, very rare for us. Yeah, of course, very rare. Did you did you have um, a favourite character from from In the Loop? Uh, well, if we're going character based, then yeah, okay, it would be Malcolm. Yeah, yeah. Because ov- overall, he is probably the, the stronger. Do you think he's the? Ma- I don't think he's the main character though. No. Who is the main character of this film? I would well technically, if we're going to go technicalness, the main character in the film. Let me go back to the cast list. Where's it gone? I think I know who the main character is in this. I film. would say the main character in this film is Simon. Yeah, me too. Yeah, because that's what I'd say. It, one, he started it. Yeah. And two, he's the one you follow. And three, he is. It starts with him. It's his fault. It's happening. His fault's happening. He yeah. tries to fix it constantly. Yeah. And then he's the one that gets and he's fired. He's the one that gets the fired end, at the end. Which but he's is, kind of almost let off for yeah. it. He's not fired for the war thing. He's fired for the constituency war. Yes. Which is kind of the resolution of the whole film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would say it would be him and Peter Capaldi. It's just one of those characters where mm. you get it in films sometimes where the side character just overtakes the main character. Yeah, just steals the show. He's just in it that, yeah, he's just in it that much that he kind of steals the show almost, yeah. which I feel like is, is for Peter Capaldi, is perfect. Yes. And Malcolm Tucker really was his sort of... It'll be part of his legacy, that and Doctor Who. Pretty much. Obviously, Doctor Who is a massive franchise, and Peter Capaldi's a huge fan of it. Yep. So much he was the head of the fan club for a time when he was younger. He definitely sent them a letter. Mm. Um, I think he sent him a letter saying he wants to be head of a fan mm. club, and then they were like, "We've already got one," and I think he went. I forgot he might have applied back saying they're not good enough or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then hey, he turns out to be. He becomes the doctor, so hey, good for him. He does, yes. And now the fan club are about about, about him. <laughs> that is true. This <laughs> is my fan club now. <laughs> I don't get to be head of the fan club. I'm going to become the fan club. That's great long-term, a long-term storytelling there from Peter Capaldi. Yes, correct. As 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 well as that, I do think that Simon Foster is the main character because we follow his story. He's, you know, he's the guy that said it, and he has to rectify it by yep. you know climbing the mountain of conflict, and that's going to become a quote. <laughs> and the fact that it was. It's him that's kind of responsible for trying to fix it, but he doesn't really fix it. Yeah. And it's kind of him that has a lot of the political commentary of the fact they come to the US, like, I don't want to do anything, but he goes to the war meet, the committee meeting, and it's like the future planning committee. Yep. And that was a great line as well from, I think her name's Karen Clark, the woman who worked for the State Department. Yep. And she tells her aide, uh, is it Liza? I think it's Liza Wells. Yes, it is. That you should look for a committee meeting that's really boring that's like a boring mean a name so no one no one could pick it out and she picks out two and she says well it's this one and it's this one and he goes well that one i actually made that's my committee and she yeah. goes oh well it, it, good she says she says something like oh good job it sounds really boring no one would ever find it and he's like well yeah but uh, that's my committee you know yeah which i thought was quite hilarious um uh, but but everyone is this again it's greatly casted as well the thick of it definitely knows how to cast as does, as does in the loop everyone's doing their best work here yep correct but I say I will give um, in the loop gets a 9 reels from me and a uh, 8.5 from Corey is that right correct and I gave uh, Children of Earth from Torchwood day one as a 6 out of 10 correct so I hope you enjoyed our review of um, in the loop I feel like the only sort of 
way we could make the review better was to sort of do all of Malcolm's quotes, but I thought we'd get we'd be swiftly off the air in no time. Yes. Uh, Ofcom would definitely not like that. It'd no, definitely yeah. regulate us if we went on about that. Correct. I don't think we could do that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't know, maybe a YouTube version podcast we can sort of <laughs> just just, <laughs> just just list his quotes and our best Malcolm Tucker impression. Yeah. But thank you very much for uh, watching and listening to The Real Show, our review of uh, In The Loop. Happy birthday, Peter Capaldi, I think. Correct. Doing it for him, doing it for Peter. But it's a goodbye from me, goodbye, and a goodbye from Corey. Goodbye.